0: Welcome to a Sunny Side Up Life podcast, a show for the woman who is ready to live an abundant life full of freedom and positivity. I'm your host, Sammy Womack, a nationally recognized money expert, budgeting coach, and your very own hype squad. I'm on a mission to help you break free from survival mode, gain financial freedom, stay motivated, and focus on what matters most. Join the movement and let's start living on the brighter side of life together. And just a reminder that everything discussed in today's episode will be linked in the show notes. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at life. And if you're ready to take control of your money and need guided instructions, check out my free budgeting challenge by going to AsunnySideUplife.com. Now let's get into the episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another solo episode. Today, I am digging into all about our land sale why we sold it, why we bought it in the first place, all of the questions that you guys asked me over on my Instagram stories. Side note, if you don't follow me on Instagram, now's the time to do it. The people on my stories always hear all the juicy details um, before anybody else, before my feed sees it, before the podcast hears about it, all of that. So, you know, if you're one of those people that want all the juicy details early, Follow my Instagram stories. Um, Yeah. So I didn't really tease about it for more than a day because it happened really quickly. But uh, basically on my Instagram stories, I was like, hey, we're doing something really exciting tomorrow. I'll share more details soon. And then the next day I posted a check, uh, the check that we got at the closing of the land and was like, yeah, we sold our land. What questions do you have? And now I'm here to answer those questions. So this was something that was a huge dream of ours to have this property. We did plan to build a quote unquote forever home on this land. And I told the whole world about it. You know, I told thousands of people on the podcast, on Instagram, anybody that I know in real life, all the things. This was our plan. Um and then that plan changed that goal changed and i know that it can be really hard i know this obviously from personal experience but i also share this with my clients and my my friends and my family all the time it's okay for your goals to change it's okay for your dreams to change right and i think there's this quote that says be stubborn about your goals but flexible about your methods and I've shared this several times on the podcast, but I feel like it's always worth repeating that I always will preach to my clients, your ultimate goals should be something that brings tears to your eyes, brings butterflies to your stomach, makes you just like, yes, this is it. This is why I'm doing it. And those big goals ultimately are not really tied up in physical things but the physical things are the stepping stones to get you to those goals so what do I mean by that so I've said on the podcast in talking about us building this house and having this land I've shared that some of our big ultimate dreams are to be together every single day as a family my husband works offshore so he's gone for three weeks and then he's home for three weeks and he's gone for three weeks and he's home for three weeks and We've literally done this for 17 years now, longer than we've been married. So even some of our dating life. And we have not consistently been together uninterrupted for longer than a month ever. So our big picture ultimate goals are to eat every meal together, to Go to bed in the same room every single night. Okay, those are our ultimate goals, to spend as much time together as possible. That's not really a, at at face value, that's not a money goal. That's not a physical possessions goal. But if you look at the underlying steps that it takes to get there, okay, he can't just up and quit this job. Right. Because we would get our house would get repossessed. We would have no groceries. A lot of bad things would happen. Right. So there are underlying steps to take for us to get to that goal. And that is for him to retire at a fairly young age. Our goal is 50. And for that to happen, we have to get our money in order. We have to invest. We have to be smart with all the other things that we do. Outside of just investing, we have to be smart about where we live because as you guys know, your, your home, your mortgage, your rent is probably one of your biggest expenses, if not your biggest. Usually it kind of teeters back and forth with like tuition, um, daycare, things like that, right? It's up there at the top. So it costs a lot to live wherever you live. So, in order for him to retire when he's 50, we have to be smart about where we live. We have to be smart about how much we invest for retirement, all of these things. Um, and, and, you know, there's a lot of other things that lead up to this. So, if that's our ultimate goal, how, to, how do we get there? That's our destination. How do we create a roadmap to get there? And that roadmap is our budget. Okay. So that destination hasn't really changed, even though we bought land that we assumed we were going to build a house on. That changed, but our ultimate goal has not changed. So we can we're stubborn about that goal, but we're flexible about the route that we're going to take to get there. I think that we get really rigid in the fact of I told people this is what I what I'm going to do. So, like, who am I if I change my mind? Okay. So, half of that, yes, we don't want to be one of those like wishy washy people that they're like, mm, they always talk a big game and then they never do anything, right? We don't want to be one of those people. We also don't want to be one of those people that's like, oh, one day I will travel to that place, you know, one day I'll own that kind of car. And then you, everyone around them is like, They're probably never going to do that. We don't want to be that person either. Right? And I I totally get that. That's one of my biggest things. I don't want to be that person that just talks about owning a boat and never owns a boat. I don't want to be that person that talks about going to Costa Rica and never goes. I don't want to be that person who just talks this big game in front of friends and family, online, wherever it is, and then never actually does it. But... If you say you're going to do something and then life changes. You have to be the bigger person enough to say that dream isn't serving me anymore. And that's OK. No, I'm not like wishy washy I did fully intend to do that. But a lot of life has happened in the past couple of years. I'm not the same person I was. My goals are slightly different. The methods of how I'm going to get to that ultimate goal. Mm hmm. I think I'm going to change them and that's okay. That's okay. At the end of the day, at the end of your life, all that really matters is what you think of yourself, right? What are you proud of your decisions that you made? Not what random people on the internet think, not what our friends and family think, not what our coworkers think. Uh, Well, how do you feel about yourself? How do you feel about your partner? How do your kids feel about you? Like you're nuclear little circle that's ultimately what matters also I think it's okay no matter what age you are gosh I could do a whole podcast episode let me know if this is interesting to you my mom wants to be a guest on the podcast and I told her maybe next season because my mom has gone through these huge changes and she is she went from being one of those people that was like one day one day And now she is that person. She has checked all these different places off of her bucket list. Her passport stamps are pretty impressive. Um, She just put in a insane in-ground pool. If you've seen my Instagram stories of her pool, she did this all by herself. Like, no man, no trust fund. Like, she is doing it in her 50s, killing it. No matter what age you are, you can always stop and think, is this who I really want to be? And course, correct. Martha Stewart did it. Chris Jenner did it. Vera Wang did it. My mom did it. Right. <laughs> I'm going to put my mom up on that list. I'm sure she'll appreciate that company. So why did we buy the land in the first place? So the year was 2020. We found this piece of property. It was a little over 18 acres. Right outside of the city limits, maybe 10 minute, 15 minute, something like that, drive from the rent house that we were living in. It was actually, even though it was slightly out of the city limits, it was actually closer to Walmart, closer to the hospital than we were at our rent house, which was like on the crappier side of town. (laughs) And we would literally be neighbors with cows and horses. And it was gorgeous. So many trees, thousands and thousands of trees. So quiet. You could see a million stars at night. Had a creek. Um, The creek didn't usually hold water, but it was like a creek bed. Um, It had a small pond. It had, you know, we made four-wheeler trails. It was just like the dream and we're like okay this is going to be like our little utopia we're going to have chickens we're going to have ducks we're going to clean up the pond you know our older dog is a black lab um and we're like you know he loves he loved to swim in his younger days he's not really a swimmer anymore we always planned to get another lab which we did this past winter he also loves to swim so we're like okay we're going to clean up the pond we're going to have a place for the dogs to swim. We're going to have four wheeler trails like we're going to put in a pool. It's just going to be the place to be. Right. This was our plan. Um, we're going to build just like this. I don't know, fortress for lack of a better word, like we're we're just going to never want to leave is our plan. You know, we homeschool. I work from home. My husband's home a lot, you know, during his off time. We're all just at the house. We always say we're home 95% of the time. Our our house is where we are. And so we're like, okay, this is just going to be our place. You know, this is going to be our place that we sit on the porch when we're old. This is it. We even went as far to get custom home uh, blueprints. We paid for those. We designed them. We went through. Several edits and we planned where every outlet was going to be, where every light fixture was going to be, which way doors were going to open, the whole thing. The whole thing. I still have them. It, it actually wasn't as expensive as I thought it was going to be. It was like maybe 1200 1400 a little over $1,000, which is, you know, a sunk cost at this point. It's gone. There's nothing. We can't, you know, get that money back. So we had this big, beautiful plan. So we got the blueprints, which where we were told that, you know, that's like the first step. And then we started to get bids on what it would cost to build this house. And at the time, lumber was super high. The market, you know, has been all over the place in the past three years. This house, which was a little over 2,000 square feet, was going to cost us about, I think it was five or 600000 built and this was not with the pool this was not with the fact that we had to dig a well this was not with the fact that there was no electricity on the property so we'd also have to run that there was just a lot of other this is not with the fact that we put like 20,000 into the driveway and clearing trees we put like another 20,000 into moving land around moving dirt work around taking trees down we put a lot of money that we just cash flowed straight through into land improvement so we're like well at least we're going to be able to drive out there hang out out there camp out there play out there for the day build fires do all the things before we build so we cash flowed a lot of that too so this house is going to cost us five or six hundred thousand dollars And I know for some states, you're like, okay, yeah, that sounds normal. Okay. But we're in East Texas. All right. So where a regular 1,500 to 2,000 square foot house maybe costs you 200,000. On the good side of town, it's going to cost you 200,000. Okay, so this is insane to us. This is like, no, we were thinking like 300. (laughs) We were thinking like 350, not five to 600 without all these other things. So we're talking 700,000 for, uh, I think the blueprints were like 2,300 square feet or something. This was not insane. We're relatively minimalist. We're probably on the moderate. We're moderate minimalist. No, this is not happening. So we kind of shelved that idea for a while. We're like, well, the market is just crazy. Okay, so we're just going to hang on. We're going to ride this out. And, you know, it was one of those God moments where Daniel was scrolling through Facebook and he was like, there's a house for sale in your sister's neighborhood. Um, you, you want to be neighbors with your sister again? Because when we were renting, we picked our rent house because we were literally her next door neighbors at her rent house. Well, then she got married and she bought a house and she moved to the opposite side of town than us. And it was a very long, I think 12 minute drive. I timed it. And I was like, this is ridiculous. You're too far away. <laughs> and So Daniel's scrolling through Facebook and he's like, do you want to be neighbors with your sister again? And I was like, always. And so we texted her and we're kind of just teasing at this point. And we're like, would you be mad if we were your neighbors again? There's a house for sale right down the street from yours. And she was like, oh my gosh, no, be my neighbors. You know, why are you obsessed with me? And it was this whole joke. And then Daniel's like, okay, well, I messaged the realtor. Let's go see it. And we went and saw it that day out of the blue. We did not plan on buying a house. Okay, well, the other interesting side note on all of this is this house that we're currently in now. Spoiler alert, we ended up buying that house. We actually put an offer in when we very first got married, bought our very first home as a couple in 2009. We put an offer on this house and we got outbid. And so, and we were really bummed because we loved this house even back then. Um, And ironically, we own it now, which is so crazy. And we make lots of jokes about how God was like, yeah, you made a lot of mistakes uh, between 2009 and 2022. So this is me course correcting for you. This is where you should have been all along. (laughs) You should have never made all those bad financial decisions that you made. You should have fought for this house and ended up here. Anyway, that's our joke that we like to say. So. We ended up putting an offer on this house the same day that we looked at it and bought it, like six weeks later. We were like, oh, okay, that was really easy. That was kind of a God moment of like, we always kind of wanted this house. Now we're close to my sister again. This house is way more affordable. We paid $190 for it. Okay. Well, Then our plan was, we're just going to hang out here because we were getting to that breaking point with renting. We had been renting for about five years where we're like, all right, we're kind of starting to get to the point where we're like, feel like we're throwing money away with renting, which is a whole nother debate. But it was kind of to that breaking point at about five years. We're like, all right, we're going to hang out at this house. It's really nice. Uh, We can always like turn into a rent house or flip it and we can, I'm sure we can resell it. We're going to hang out here for like a year or two, wait for the lumber market to recover. We're still going to build. We're going to keep our land and we're going to pay for both. Okay, so our mortgage here is about twelve hundred a month and our land. It was like six eighty seven a month, I think something like that. Like, all right, we can afford both. That's okay. People listening in like California, Colorado, New York, they're like, oh my God, (laughs) you had a whole house and 18 acres for like $2,000? Yeah. East Texas. Shout out. So we're like, all right, we're going to keep both. We're going to pay for both. We're going to hang out here. We're going to still build. We're going to still build. And time went on and time went on and we kind of stopped wanting to go out there. We were like we're really happy here. We're really comfortable here. This house is pretty cheap in the grand scheme of houses. We've been in this house for over a year now. And around the beginning of the year, we were kind of talking about our new year goals. We were out on a date night. Um, you know, margaritas and chips and salsa, and talking about our new year goals. And we're kind of like. I think Daniel brought it up first. He's like, I think we need to sell the land. I think we need to be thinking about it. I said, yeah, I feel it. Like, I feel like it's just not, it's not our dream anymore. It just doesn't feel in alignment anymore. And we kind of drug our feet and we kept putting off. Oh, well, we need to mow it before they take pictures. Oh, there's, you know, this big tree fell in a storm. We need to have somebody, we need to cut it up before they come and take pictures we need to do this. We need. Well, it's winter. It doesn't look pretty. Let's just wait until spring, till everything blooms out, and then it'll look a lot better, and somebody will want to buy it. Eat more easily. We kind of get dragging our feet, dragging our feet. So eventually, Daniel's like, "All right, I'm gonna stop putting it off. I'm gonna contact the realtor." So we contacted the realtor, and we didn't realize that our neighbor at our land already had mentioned it to a friend of his that we were thinking about selling. His friend was already interested and we probably could have sold it without the realtor, without mowing, without (laughs) doing all this stuff because this guy was interested and we didn't realize. So he ends up putting in an offer literally the exact same day that we listed it. So we signed the listing agreement and she was like, the realtor's like, I'm pretty sure we're going to get an offer today because we already had a call on it. Okay, well, there's the commission. No, it's fine. Like we, you know, all the behind the scenes stuff. That's why you hire a realtor. I'm a big proponent of hire a realtor, pay them their commission because they do all the paperwork. They do all the communication back and forth. That's a lot of phone calls. That's a lot of paperwork. Mm, I'm going to pay her commission. That's okay. So we ended up selling the land within 24 hours of listing it. Talk about another God moment. We were just like, oh, maybe we were dragging our feet, waiting for this right person to come along. And it's actually a young family. They have little girls that are even younger than our girls. And they are planning to, you know, keep the land and build on it and everything like we were going to do. So that kind of feels good. It's like, okay, we're going to pass our dream on to somebody else. And it's okay, you know. So I answered the question why we bought the land. We did plan to build on it. So details on the land and the loan. So it was 18 acres. Um, The total purchase price was $120,000. i am also going to do an Instagram post about the breakdown of the numbers. Um, Sometimes I, I like to visualize numbers more rather than like, hearing them. So, if you want to visualize the numbers, we're going to do an Instagram post also. So, we purchased it for 120,000. 12,000 was the down payment, 10%. And then over the 3 years of paying for it, we paid down about 10,000 of principal. And then the details on the sale of it. So, we kind of talked about why we decided to sell it. I'm just going through my checklist here. Um, So then I posted on Instagram, I had a check for about $63,000 and people were like, well, wait, didn't you pay over a hundred thousand for it? Why is your check only 63? Did you lose money on it? What happened? So yes, we purchased it for 120. Um, The check was 63, but the sale price was 175. So we bought it for 120. We sold it for 175 after three years. Um, that check was sixty three because we still owed ninety seven on the loan, which they take out above the line at closing. So you don't ever see that money; it goes straight from bank to bank. So they took it immediately, paid off, but we still owed on our loan, so we never saw that ninety seven thousand that we still owed. Um, we also had to pay the remaining, um, our portion of the twenty twenty three property taxes because that was not escrowed into our payment. So that was about $1,100. I mentioned commission. That was about $10,000 we paid in commission. And the closing costs were almost $2,000. So yes, we sold it for one hundred and seventy-five. dollars but you go take all of those expenses out. Our check that we left closing with was about $63,000. So then, the question is: Well, did you sell it for a loss? Because people are seeing the sixty-three thousand dollars check, knowing that we paid one hundred and twenty for it. No, we did not sell it for a loss, technically. But me, being the budgeting nerd that I am, I thought, well, did we really make a profit? Because we sold it for one hundred seventy-five, we bought it for one twenty. You're like, okay, yeah, cool, we made a profit. But <laughs> we paid three years of interest, which I went and did the math. We paid about $13,000 in interest on our loan. Uh, we paid the closing costs, we paid the commission. Um, we also paid closing costs to buy it, which was a little over 3000 We paid property taxes for 21, 22, 23. Okay. Then what I shared with you guys before, we cash flowed a lot of land improvements. We took out a lot of trees. Um, we had two different times that we did land improvement work. So first we took out a row of trees We and we put in a driveway. So they brought in dirt. They brought in the gravel. Um, we put in culverts. We did all that to get a nice driveway. And then we brought in another crew who took out more trees, did more improvements for us. So, and Daniel also rented some equipment once to clear like the four-wheeler trails and do some other things. And so we spent roughly 35000 of our own money cash flowing through that on all these different land improvements. So if you go to all of that, the taxes, the improvements, the closing costs for buying it and selling it, interest paid, we actually spent about 191000 on this land. I remember, I told you we sold it for $175. So we actually lost $16,000 over the course of the three years. So at first, you know, your first thought is, whoa, I made all this money. I sold it for more than I bought it for. But if you really start to dig into all the expenses, we actually kind of lost money. So that's a whole nother conversation about people who say, Oh, real estate, like you got to invest in real estate. You got to invest in real estate. That doesn't always come out as clean as it looks. If you really start to dig into all of those like hidden costs. Also, I know we only held the property for three years. So that's probably not a great example. And we didn't do it with the intent of investment property, um, which I'm sure if we would have went into it with that intent, we would have done things differently. So, don't always take at the face value of someone selling something for more than they bought it for as a profit, because, in our case, it was not a profit. But, like I said, at this point, it's sunk cost. We can't get it back. We can't change our minds. Um was it the worst financial decision? Absolutely not. Was it super great? Probably not. But, hey, we all do things dreams change plans shift and at the end of the day i kind of feel like that was all like that's it okay you know moving on um it sucks that we can't get that money back and daniel's like i wish you would have never done that math i would have been happier to not really see all those numbers in one place but that's why we do a budget that's i wanted to really know um but Even though we technically did have a loss on the property, we still came home with that $63,000 check. For the past three years, I've worked one-on-one with over 100 clients, real women who are ready to take control of their money once and for all. My coaching sessions are designed to give you completely personalized budgeting support. Together, we'll organize your bills, spending, debt, and savings goals. I'll help you get a system in place that will set you up for success for years to come. I'll answer all of your questions along the way, talk you through building new habits, and most of all, I'll be there to hold you accountable. So this time will be the time that you'll finally stick to your budget and make those dreams a reality. Visit a slash coaching to apply today to see if one-on-one budget coaching is right for you. So what do we plan to do with that $63,000 check? I will tell you. So first of all, we maxed out our IRAs. At the time of recording this, I already did it. I literally did it the same day the check cleared, which they put a seven-day hold on the check. Annoying, but that's what they do with checks that big. So as soon as the money cleared, I went in, I finished maxing out both of our IRAs for the year. We were already planning on maxing out Daniel's with doing monthly contributions. With mine, we were only doing 120 a month. So we weren't going to max it out. But I was like, hey, this is a really great opportunity. Go ahead, jump in um, and do it now. And so I canceled those automatic contributions that we had each month. And I went ahead and maxed both of them out, which was a little over 10,000. And the reason for doing that, even though we were going to max his out anyway, I went ahead and did it now, is because if you think about compound interest, you think, well, instead of dragging it out, we're going to get all that interest for July, all that interest for August, all of it for September, et cetera, et cetera. So let's go ahead and do it now rather than dragging it out. So compound interest, time is your best friend. If you have the opportunity to max it out, do it sooner than later. So maxed out both, which is insane. It's the second year that we have maxed out his. This is the first year that we've maxed out mine. So we're still relatively new investors. Like this is crazy. This is not something that I ever thought we'd be able to afford to do. Secondly, we are going to upgrade my vehicle. So I post a lot about my Suburban. I love it. It has been an amazing car to me. It is a 2007 that we bought in two thousand and sixteen for thirteen thousand, it's had its fair share of repairs. I did haven't even kept track of how many thousands We repaired the transmission. We bought a new to us engine at one point. That was a few thousand. You know, the typical we've replaced the alternator, you know, things like that we've We've patched it along <laughs> over the years but I've loved it. It's been an amazing car to me. It has 220,000 miles, but it's time for an upgrade. But I've loved it so much that literally my checklist is I want another white Suburban. I just want it newer. I have a sunroof now. I I want another sunroof. I have leather seats now. I want leather seats because I'm spoiled with them now, except this time, I do want Bluetooth because I still have the aux cord. That's how old my car is. I want a backup camera. I don't have that now. Um, just a th- couple things like that. I want um, the lift gate, the, the very back door like to the trunk. I want it to actually work. <laughs> just, you know, silly, picky things. So we're going to take about 28000 of the profit and upgrade my vehicle situation, which I'm probably going to get like maybe a 15 or a 16. Um, it's not going to be super brand new. And they are going to give us about 3000 on my trade-in. So that's pretty cool. So that money is set aside. It's earmarked in our Ally account. So side note about Ally, um, you guys know that I love my Ally savings. This is not an ad or anything. This is just me being a really satisfied customer. So, we have all of this money in our Ally account, which is earning 4% interest right now, which is insane. And then Ally does this really cool thing called the buckets. And so, you can basically take this account that has all your money in one account and then you can divvy it up. So, I have a bucket that says vehicle and it has that $28,000 for the car. Um, And then I have my emergency fund is in another one and a couple of other goals. Next on that list is remodeling our kitchen. That's another bucket in our Ally account. So you've probably seen videos, if you keep up with my Instagram, of my kitchen. Our house was built in the 70s and it's the original 70s kitchen. It's not a bad kitchen. It's a decent size. It's clean. It has a lot of cabinets. You know, it's not bad, but it's the original 70s kitchen. So we are going to put about 15000 into remodeling our kitchen. So that's set aside in a bucket. And then the rest went into our emergency fund. So that was a little over 9000 that went into our emergency fund. And our emergency fund is sitting at a steady 20000 right now. And that's what we did with the profit. <laughs> and we're also... Um, our leftover money for the rest of the year... We are going to finish cash flowing our way through our Costa Rica trip. And there is also some other home projects that we want to do. We also want to remodel our bathroom and some other things. Um, But that's what we're going to do with those profits. And now, not only do we have that profit, we don't have that $600 a month payment that we were paying towards the land. So that's also really exciting, and since we've already maxed out our IRAs, we don't have those m- monthly contributions going anymore. So we got this lump sum check and then we also lowered our monthly payment so very exciting all around, even though if you look at the total numbers, we did take a loss on the land um we did you know have a big change to our goals. It's still really exciting, so I mean take it. For me, you know, I always try to find the positive side of it, and I am actually really excited. It was a little bittersweet because it was closing a door on a dream, and it's not to say that we might never build. I don't know. It's not to say that we might never own acreage outside of the city limits. I don't know. It's still a dream, Um, but also we kind of were like... In this season of life with, you know, our girls as active as they are, me running my business, me in school to be a CFP, my husband being gone half the time, I have to hire someone to mow our yard now in town. We have a half acre lot because my husband's not home enough to get the yard work done. And I'm not a yard work girl. Like, <laughs> I'll do the inside chores. I'm fine. But not the, not the outside chores. Um, so was that really something we wanted to take on? Do we really want to spend that much money on, on a house? Do we really want to be house poor, you know, when we could be increasing our investments and making sure that he actually retires at 50? Do we really want chickens and ducks and, you know, whatever? I'm doing good to take care of the pets that we have now. So we're like, maybe that dream is not in alignment with who we are at this moment and that's okay you know so we are kind of sad in the sense that it was a really beautiful dream and it was really fun to have that much land and have four-wheeler trails and be able to build bonfires and have no visible neighbors that was really beautiful um but maybe that's not our dream anymore and that's okay so we are sad, but we are excited about the future. And we are really excited with what we were able to do with the money that we walked away with. So it's a little bit of both. And that's a, a weird place to be in. But that's real. That's realistic. And don't worry, I've been talking about this in therapy and my therapist is like, yep, it's both. And that's the difficulty. That's the challenge of the human experience Is How do we juggle that feeling of both? How do we juggle that feeling of uh, of sadness, of mourning for that dream that didn't happen, that version of myself that didn't happen? You know, I visualized myself having chickens and going out and getting the eggs and walking around, you know, in whatever clothes because I had no visible neighbors and you know, sitting on that front porch and watching those sunsets and watching deer come up to the feeder in the backyard. I visualized myself in that. I saw her. I saw that version of myself. And yeah, I grieve a little for that version of myself that might never happen and won't happen on that same timeline, at least. But I can visualize myself in my newer vehicle, in my new to me kitchen, in my version of myself that maxed out her IRAs and whose husband might actually get to retire at 50. I visualize that version of myself, that version of myself I'm really excited about. So I can mourn one version of myself while being really excited about the other. And that's the challenge of the human experience we could do both. So I don't know what our plan is for the future. And isn't that exciting though? It's scary, but it's exciting. And also what I share with my clients all the time is that is financial freedom is being able to sit back and go, "Hmm, I could do this or I could do that or I could do this other thing. Oh, or I could do that fourth thing. Ooh, or that fifth thing. I have options. That is financial success. That is financial independence. Is being able to stop and think, I, my life could go five different directions and any of them, I would be really happy with. That's personal development. You've done the work there. You've done the emotional work and you've also done the financial work to get to a point to say, we could go on any of these different paths and I'm gonna be happy. And also, it's probably gonna be a good financial decision, whichever way we we go. And that's the ultimate goal. And that's what I share with my clients all the time. I love it when I get two or three years in with working with a client and they're like, I don't know. I have so many options. I feel so overwhelmed with all these options. And I'm like, Yep. Isn't it exciting? And they're like, you're crazy. <laughs> you're crazy. But we get to choose. We're not backed into a corner at a car dealership begging for a loan, taking whatever interest rate they'll give us because that's our only option to have a drivable vehicle. I'm speaking from experience because that's what happened when we ended up with an $800 a month truck payment. That was literally our only option or walk. Or drive a vehicle that was so crappy that it was going to break down next week. Those were our options. Like we were backed into a corner. We had no other options. So now we have these five different options. And we're like, I'm choosing to cash flow a new to me vehicle instead of owning this land. That is financial success. That's. The goal. And also knowing that at the end of the day, life can change, dreams can change. And I'm going to be good no matter where I am, no matter where I live, no matter what my house looks like. You know, I tell my husband all the time if me and you and the kids are together, I'm going to be happy. We could live in a travel trailer, we could live in our old rent house that was 600 square feet, two bedrooms, one bathroom. We paid $600 a month for it because that's how crappy it was. I mean, how many, let me tell you how many times I saw a mouse. <laughs> and you know what? Those were some of the happiest years of our marriage. Crazy. Because it doesn't matter if you do the inner work and you do the financial work, you're going to be good. That's true happiness. That's true living the dream. I can live anywhere now. I don't care because I'm going to be good all right so that's my spiel i hope that that answered some of y'all's questions i was i've been like dying to share this story we actually bumped this episode up a week because i was like i really want to share i want to tell everybody all the details all the money you guys know i love being completely transparent with all the numbers thank you guys so much for listening i hope that this answered all of your questions let me know on instagram if you have any follow-up questions i would love to share with you guys Thanks for hanging out for another episode of a Sunny Side Up Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and leave a review. Five-star reviews are what help the podcast grow. Don't forget to check out the episode show notes for links to everything that we talked about in today's episode. And if you want access to all of my free resources, or you want to learn how to work one-on-one with me, head over to asunnysideuplife.com to get started. And if you want to keep up with me in the day-to-day, don't forget to follow me on social media at life. Well, that's all for me this week. Bye, guys.